children, fed hungry people, held children in trouble, and recognized the gifts of those in poverty. On this children's Sabbath day, let us follow him in word and in deed.
Good morning, Middle Church. Good morning, Middle Church. And thank you, Village Chorus. Let's give them another round of applause. Amen. Thank you for your leadership. Is everyone feeling held up? Yes. Welcome. Uh, my name is Bertram Johnson. I'm the Minister of Care and Spiritual Development here at Middle Church, and it's my honor to continue this spirit of welcome and invitation to worship here uh, at, the, at Middle Collegiate Church. A special greeting to all of our friends and family who are worshiping with us online. We offer you a special blessing. Uh, we hope that you feel supported and held up in the way that our youth have held us up this morning, that wherever you are in the U.S. or around the world, know that God is with you and our hearts are with you also. Welcome. Uh, we have a number of guests who are visiting today. And if you're visiting for the very first time, I would love it if you would just raise your hand so we could recognize you and just say where you're from. <laughs> Welcome. So where you're from? Georgia. Georgia. Right. Where? Stone Mountain, Georgia. Stone Mountain, Georgia. Right. Welcome. <laughs> North Carolina. Thank you for being here. Over here, somewhere in the back. Yes, where are you from? France. Brooklyn and France. France and Brooklyn. Close and not as close. Other folks over here. Munich. Welcome. Willkommen. And yes, friends. Ottawa. Belgium. Is there any... Any neighborhood or country I did not recognize yet? Yes, in the back. France? France, welcome. Friends, know that if you're coming from Brooklyn or Queens or France or Belgium or wherever you're from, know that you are welcome here and that we want you to know that uh, Middle Collegiate Church is also your church. So you, uh, we invite you to fill out the visitor form that's there in the back of the pew. If you put your name and your email and contact information, it's just another way that we can stay connected to you and share with you the many amazing things that are happening through this congregation. Um, today, as you may have known, or if you, if you looked at the bulletin, you see that today is Children's Sabbath. Children's Sabbath was started 27 years ago by the Children's Defense Fund, uh, organizing faith communities from across the U.S. to focus our time and energies on the concerns of children. Uh, as you also know, that this year is the 50th uh, year commemoration of the death of uh, the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. And this year's theme is realizing Dr. King's vision for every child. Lives of hope, not despair. And our, my colleague, the Reverend Amanda Hambrick Ashcraft, will be offering her first sermon here today, Lives of Hope. And you can see the other announcements of things that are happening today and throughout the upcoming week. But one thing I do want to point out is that we are hosting a new member uh, class starting November 4th and 11th. And so if you're interested in getting to know more about who we are, you don't have to commit there. But if there is an opportunity for us to share a little bit more of who we are with you and see if you want to be more like us. And so you can join the movement with us. Um, and to continue our time in prayer, I invite my colleague, Marta Samuelson, to lead us, lead us and the youth in prayer. So come forward, youth. Young, young at heart. You're invited up on the blanket. All different ages coming. And you guys 
get to help me with a prayer today, with the prayers of the people. I need your voices, and we'll see if the grown-ups out there are listening as well, because they're going to get to offer a part after yours. Hi, Eleanor, come on up. And Jordana, so many friends. So, the part I need your help on for the prayers of the people, when I take a pause and point to you, I need you to say in one voice, mighty God, lover of justice. Let's try it. Perfect. You nailed it. You were ready. I didn't even have to say one, two, three. Okay, congregation, when you hear our young people say, Mighty God, lover of justice, please respond with, Hear our prayer. Let's see if they got it, okay? Here you go. They're taking your lead. Nicely done. We always begin this time with a moment of silence. So let's enter into that, and then we'll begin the prayer together. Let us pray. Grant, O oh God, that all who gather in Christ's name will throw wide our doors and our hearts and lift our hands and voices to proclaim your promise of love and will for justice, especially for those who are young, poor, vulnerable, and oppressed. Guide our nation and all of our leaders that they will champion the cause of the children and families most oppressed and govern with truth, compassion, and justice. Bless the families of our world, especially the billion who lack the income, clean water, health care, or education needed to live into the fullness of who you made them to be. Strengthen us to create a nation and world of justice so that every child may live with plenty and not poverty, with peace and not threatened by violence, surrounded by family, not separated, so that all children have lives of hope, not despair. Comfort all who suffer, especially those who are hungry, are victims of violence, or struggle without a job or enough income to meet their needs. Gather to yourself all who have died, especially those who died from poverty, violence, and other causes we could have prevented. Almighty God, lover of justice, hear these prayers of your children, both young and young at heart, and grant for them, for the sake of your beloved child, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
You are invited now to stand as you are able. Stand as you are able, young friends. You're invited to hold hands or to assume a posture of prayer that is comfortable for you as we share the Lord's Prayer together in whatever language you may have learned it in. Let us pray. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. challenge to find someone who has a bulletin design different than your own. Today we have three different middle artists who are featured on the bulletin. Soraya Gibson is one of them. Henry Gibson also has a bulletin design and Lucien Tanner right here. So find a different bulletin design than, their, than your own. It was all artwork that was created here at Middle and greet someone new. Thank you.
Oh.
Today's reading is from Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. Listen now for a word from God. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to get angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those who they recognize as the rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good morning, Middle Church. Thanks be to God for the ways we have already worshipped together this morning. Thank you, young people. Thank you, choir. It is warm, but we are warm together. Amen? It is an honor to give my first sermon here on a day. <laughs> that was. Thank you. The point was on a day that is dedicated to children. We just heard the gospel story from Mark of James and John, two of Jesus' disciples, who are trying to make sense of all that is happening around them. Even though James and John, along with the other disciples, at this point have traveled and dined and studied extensively with Jesus, our story finds them having trouble understanding just what it means to follow Christ. James and John with their, are you able to grant this to me and we want to sit by your side? They want a piece of what's about to happen. This imminent thing Jesus keeps alluding to, only they don't understand that Jesus is alluding to his death. Can we sit at your right and your left side, Jesus? We're your closest friends, we're your followers, and we want, actually we deserve to ride your coattails to glory, to whatever's next. We don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's going to be great. Fame and power are attractive, aren't they? This isn't a new notion. But Jesus says, hmm, not so quickly. You're confused, even though this is the third time, just in Mark, that we have had a similar exchange. Jesus discloses his death. The disciples respond inappropriately and confused. And Jesus responds with a teaching that includes a paradoxical formula. We see it first in Mark 8. Whoever wishes to save their life shall lose it. Again in Mark 9. If anyone wants to be first, they shall be. And here we are in Mark 10. Whoever wants to be great shall become your servant. 
These teachings are expectation reversals, aren't they? So I have to ask myself on this children's Sabbath, if Jesus were walking around here today, watching our culture, trying to be great, trying to cling to glory, what expectation reversal might Jesus provide? I think he'd have something to say about how we are treating children. He might go as far as to offer us a fourth exchange, if you will. If anyone wishes to have a great and fulfilling life, then let them center the needs and dreams and hopes of all God's children. Because throughout his life, Jesus centered, valued, and empowered children, yes? And so despite what society tells us, so should we. But it's easy to get confused, like the disciples. It's easy to, like the tradition of the day, equate greatness with power and domination. But let's don't get confused. Jesus clearly said, don't be like the Gentiles. They abide by a certain political and social structure, but that's not so for you, my disciples. And so that's not so for us, middle church. That's not so for those of us who believe there must be something more. Who believe there must be something more than the social and political structure of what's coming out of Washington. There is. And don't let us get confused. When 21% of New York's children are poor and children of color are disproportionately poor, we too are confused. When 19% of children live in food insecure homes, we too are confused. When we create a culture where white women are emboldened to call the police and damage the psyche and safety of young black children that happened in Brooklyn just last week when a white woman called the cops on a nine-year-old boy because she thought he assaulted her when he walked by her with his backpack, we too are confused. When we send two-year-olds to court by themselves, and when we are 12 weeks behind the deadline to reunite families who have come to our country seeking safety, we too are confused. When we market dolls the color pink and tears only to young girls, and cars and Legos and the color blue only to young boys, we too are confused. When we participate in a culture that celebrates locker room talk and the objectification of women, we elect Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court and we too are confused. When we push children out of worship because we think they might disrupt, we too are confused. When we care only about the school our children attend and not the school two blocks away with significantly less funding and resources, we too are confused. And when we don't care at all about children, because we don't have any, either because we can't or we don't want to, we too are confused. Marion Wright Eldeman, famous child advocate, says, the future which we hold in trust for our own children 
will be shaped by the fairness to other people's children. And I'll say that again. The future which we hold in trust for our own children will be shaped by our fairness to other people's children. In seminary, I worked in a community center in the poorest neighborhood in Richmond, Virginia, Mosby Court. It was there I met Miss Shree. Shree was assaulted walking to work one morning at 4 a.m. The assault resulted in the birth of her beautiful daughter, B, who I'd come to love through our after-school program. But Shree lived a difficult life, had close to no resources, and was pushed to the edge of society because that's what we do to single black poor women, isn't it? We push them to the edge of society. And so that's what happened also to her daughter, B. So imagine my surprise when returning to school after Christmas break, I got a call that B was in the hospital at 14, giving birth herself. I'd missed her pregnancy through the large winter clothing and coats, but most likely I'd missed her pregnancy in my own denial of the continuation of a system designed to oppress Shree and B. In the hospital room meeting B's baby, it became very clear to me why we must care for children that are not our own. I did nothing to warrant being born with white skin in a healthy home with affluent means. And Star, Shree's granddaughter and B's daughter did nothing to warrant her birth to a person at the time who didn't want to parent. Don't be confused, Amanda. You're connected to that baby. Alexis Pauline Gums, educator and self-described queer black troublemaker, challenges traditional expectations of what it means to mother. Kind of like Jesus challenged James and John's expectations about what it means to be great. Gums redefines mothering as something that every single one of us is called to do, regardless of our gender, or if we have biological, adopted, or children otherwise entrusted to our care. Seeing motherhood as a queer collaboration with the future, don't you love that? Makes visible the meaning relationship between children and adults who do not have the legal or biological status of parenthood. Mothering is a social practice, one of nurturing, affirming, and supporting life. And, she continues, those of us who nurture the lives of those children who are not supposed to exist, who are not supposed to grow up, are revolutionary in our beings and are doing some of the most subversive work. Praise God. And we do that work here at Middle. We mother at the border. We mother when we say black lives matter, love is love, and families belong together. We mother at the Lower East Side Girls Club and in Rikers Island. We mother the unborn when we talk about environmental justice. We mother children here every Sunday as we help them up on the mat 
for the moment of all ages. And we mother when we challenge tired gender norms that are only hurting our culture. But we can always do more, yes? And we recognize this work isn't easy. We can continue to educate ourselves on best practices for anti-bias and anti-race resources because if we don't start with our young people, we are never going to change. We can continue to pressure our administration to reunite families now. And we can stop to notice, as Jackie beautifully called us to last week, the presence of the presence among us. We can look at every child we see and care about their futures as much as we care about our own. And we can say to our young people, like I'm going to say now, young people, raise your hands, however you define that. <laughs> young people, I see you, we see you, you are beautiful, you are perfect. And even on days when you think you've messed up or when you think you are not being who society tells you you're supposed to be, you are a beautiful person because you are God's creation. Thank you for being here. Thank you for teaching us. Don't be confused, Middle Church. Don't be like James and John, like so many today caught up in power and status. And don't be disheartened that this road is long. It's no accident that a version of this story occurs three times in Mark. Jesus knew his followers were thick-headed then, and he knew we would be confused and thick-headed today, right? <laughs> a few months ago, after a version of the Muslim ban passed, my four-year-old son, Zane, saw me upset. When he asked why, I told him. I said, our administration is still making decisions that are unkind, that do not value all God's people, Zane, and that makes me sad and angry. Oh, are we going to have to go to another parade, Zane asked. <laughs> now, parade is his word for protest, a beautiful word. I'm not sure, Zane, I said, but I think we are. But I think more than that, I would like to know how we can teach this administration, how we can teach people to just be kind. How can we do that? I asked him. Mom, Zane said, I think we have to stay in the parade for a long time. June Jordan knew what she was talking about when she said that children are the way the world begins again and again. If we listen, if we notice, if we become great, our children will help us begin again. Whoever wants to be great will mother our world. Whoever wants to be great knows that the kingdom of God is a countercultural system of justice and life together. Whoever wants to be great knows that children are our best chance of redeeming this world. So to staying in the parade, young and old alike, for a long time, amen.
Hi, everybody. My name is Ellington Tanner. I've been a member of Middle Church for 11 years, and I'm 11 years old. <laughs> I can't remember the first time I came to Middle, but I know I was baptized when I was a baby. The first thing I do remember is walking, to is walking into church and being like, oh, can I just go home? I just want to play on my iPad. But then I heard all the fun things you could do at church, like hang out with other kids, the music, and the food. The food's really good, by the way. I do a lot of stuff with Marta, who is totally cool. I can't wait to begin the stuff with middle youth now that I'm in sixth grade. My favorite memory here is when I got to dance for, with my family to Man in the Mirror. You can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> also, also singing, singing in Village Chorus with John is great. John is also cool. Of course, he hasn't shaved his beard in five years, but he's still cool. <laughs> the best thing about choir is singing all these different songs, like Fascinating Rhythm and A Million Dreams, and making friends like Lake. Getting to do all these things, I realized that church is like a second home. It's so fun. I loved it the first day, and I still love it to this day. And when I went to this church, when I went to middle, I thought all churches are like this, open and fun. But then my mom told me that some churches are not as welcoming as middle is. For instance, some churches don't allow gay people, black people, people who look different, and people who act differently to be there or to be themselves. I think different is awesome, and middle does too. When... When my mom told me this, I said, well, it's not really a church, isn't it, then? Churches should be inviting, so let's invite all those people to come here so we're one big family. If, you, if you'd like to learn more about becoming a mender, member, you can see Bertram, Bertram, Bertram right here after worship. You're invited now to share what you have to help middle keep being middle. Thanks for making this place a second home for me.
the greatest? The one who can change. Who is the greatest? The one who can become like a child. Who is the greatest? The one who becomes humble. God, we thank you for these gifts, young and old. For in welcoming them, we welcome and honor you. Amen. Close out worship in your bulletin. Midlife, you woke? Oh no! Are you woke? Okay, we can go on anyway though. This little light of mine. by God's love, by God's joyfulness, by God's justice, go called to mother all the children of the world so that we can create together 
something that is exactly what it means to be people of faith, to be followers of Christ, a bold new revolutionary thing. Amen. Amen. <laughs>